humble our hearts in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful winter morning. We thank you for the ability to gather together in freedom and in openness. We thank you for this time of year, for the reason that we celebrate. We thank you for that promise fulfilled. And we thank you for that salvation that it accomplished for us. We ask that this morning and tomorrow and as we go forward, that that message would be impressed upon our hearts and the importance of it would be given to us and that you would move us, that we could share that with those that we come in contact with and that in this world where other things are made to be more important that we could remember and share 
the importance of what Christ has done for us. We ask that you would bless our nation and that you would lead us and guide us and give us leaders who would look to you for guidance and leadership. We ask that you would be with our homes and our families, that you would keep us safe, and that you would make that message of salvation and Christ most important. We ask that those who are unable to gather and hear your word, that you would be with them and that you would give them that comfort to know that you know where they are and that you are there. We thank you even for this community and this ability to gather here. We ask that you would bless it and that you would put hunger in hearts for that message of salvation. We ask this morning that our speaker, that you would give him strength and that your spirit would be with him and comfort him and open this word and that we could be fed and that our hearts as listeners could be opened and attentive to hear that message that you would have. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Does somebody have a song we can continue with?
nice to see a full house this morning. Welcome everybody here. We have some that are, have traveled quite a ways and put some amount of effort into getting here. And I, I hope you have prayed for the service this morning. As Shane, even as Shane has mentioned, that those of us that are asked to take this place, that we would not come up here of our own understanding and energy, but that God would, God would be with us and, and feed us all. I'm going to take the second chapter of Luke. It's a, it's a very familiar chapter, and it's the very core of the Christmas story, how Jesus came into this world. How our Savior came from heaven and became one of us for a period of 33 years. So we read, I read from the second chapter of Luke, the first, first 20 verses, reading these words in Jesus' name. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass... As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with hosts and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And they all heard, and, the, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, <clears throat> mercy and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen.
last time I was up here and I, I was trying to remember, or I can't even remember, but I, I was thinking of a place, and I'll read it here, and it applies, it applies to this. It's in the 10th chapter of, of Hebrews, and of course it speaks of, of salvation and, and all that is entailed there, and it <clears throat> I'll just read here a number of verses, the last part of the 10th chapter. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were, ye were illuminated, ye entered into, ye, pardon me, you endured a great flight of, fight of afflictions, partly while ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. This is Paul speaking. Knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them who believe to the saving of the soul. This, this verse that I was trying to think of says, it says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. We, we talk of Jesus coming again. And, and I, I guess this came to mind the other day when I was speaking, and it comes to, me, to my mind again here, talking about Caesar Augustus putting out this decree. And, and the mind of God, of course, Isaiah said it's so, it's so far above our minds, far, far as the east is from the west. And we might wonder and and I guess I have these thoughts myself is that how if I was to arrange this this uh, birth of this little boy in Bethlehem how would I go about it and and we see that Jesus God has even used ungodly rulers to make his his will come come to be so Caesar Augustus puts out a decree that all the world should be taxed Joseph and Mary, we, we understand we're living in, in Nazareth, and I was looking at the map this morning, and it's, it's probably about a 75-mile uh, straight line from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. So knowing that there weren't freeways and highways and, and easy ways of travel in those days, it probably could have been a lot more than that. And knowing that... A man and his wife, and and of course we see the the uh, artist pictures of Mary riding on a donkey and Joseph leading the donkey, and we don't know exactly if that's how they traveled, but could very likely be. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been just a a one and two hour trip like we could we could make 75 miles today. So it would have been it would have been some undertaking for them to travel down to, to Bethlehem from Nazareth. 
says this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria, Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. Well, we know that. I remember Uncle Phil Hillman. He and his brother bought bought land just out, bought a quarter of land in their younger years, just outside Arimbi. And he said he had to come out to Last West out here to pay his taxes. He said he never knew why. He, it was that way, but that's the way it was. And, and I think of this, this incident here where they had to go to, to Bethlehem. No, no easy journey for a, for a woman that is heavy with child and, and this Joseph. What did he have to take a time off his, his work or employment or whatever and, and spend probably weeks on the road to, to go pay his taxes? Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. And we know that the Old Testament prophets spoke of this and knew this and the scribes would have written and rewritten these scriptures over and over again in their, in their time and in their lives. And so it was known that this Savior was to come and that he was to be born in Bethlehem. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And I guess we, we sometimes wonder, where, where was the compassion? Where, where was... Where were people's hearts? Even if the innkeeper would have known that, yes, this woman is, is going to have a baby, but he doesn't know that this baby is going to be the Son of God, which would make it more special, but he turns them away, apparently, and they have to look for some place else to, to spend their time in Bethlehem. So they... It says that while they were there in Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. It says as, as they traveled, she was, she's, she's great with child. And when they're there, it doesn't say how many days they were there, but obviously they didn't just spend the night and then head back home. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And we have the we have the manger scene we think about, and and we have little little uh, well pictures and Christmas cards and little donkeys and lambs and and that standing around the manger. Many 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 of these things have been made for people to have, and we have a couple of them around the house to remind us of the scene that this son of God king of kings lord of lords this little baby boy that was given so many titles I guess I find that heartwarming and encouraging that God has brought it about this way. We read, read in Isaiah 9 
sixth verse and on for a few verses. Prophecies of this little baby boy being born. Jesus comes into a, a dark world, and that was prophesied. He was, he was longed for and anticipated by the believers, but the unbelieving world didn't believe it, didn't welcome him. And we know King Herod, and, and of course, I'm sure there were countless others didn't want anything to do with this little baby boy. Back in Isaiah 9, it says, For unto us a child is born. And we hear these, we hear these prophecies at Christmas time by the children doing their pieces in a, in a Christmas program or whatever. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We might wonder, even as we might wonder, how is it that, he, that, that Mary and Joseph ended up going to Bethlehem? We might also wonder how this little boy is going to become all these things. Most of us have children, and we we think about their future. We think about from the day they're born, how things are going to go. And we do our best to look after them as best we can and all these things. But this little, this little boy was to be so special. Mary knew some of these things. We see, we see in, in uh, I think it's in, in Matthew, the very first chapter, nineteenth verse. Eighteenth verse. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. These are, these are prophecies that were in place hundreds of years, 700, 800 years before Jesus was born. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, is be, which, is, which being interpreted is God with us. It was no small thing, this, this Jesus coming into this world. And I like the song that says, Christmas song that says, 
Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I think when we see the power of God in one way or another, as we read about Isaiah and his own conversion, he sees the glory of God. I could read it there, but I think we all know basically what it says. The temple and the power. We were... <coughs> I, um, our, our son-in-law, Alex, was invited to Wadena, Minnesota for Easter. And, and Bill, Bill Warren sent me the, the tapes of his services. And, and there in, in one of them, he, he speaks of some of the just the general statistics that are that are out there to to kind of speak of the size of of God, and he speaks of the size of the universe and how how the sun would the volume of the sun would take in a million one point three million earths, and we think of this earth as being fairly big. And the other statistic that he puts out, and I don't know if, if uh, how accurate our scientists or these people that study these things are, but he says he says that the Earth receives one billionth of the heat and light and energy that comes from the sun. This is God. This is just a natural thing. How big is space? How big is the universe? How far away are the stars? And I like the song that says that how big is God? How big and wide his vast domain? To try to tell these lips can only start. He's big enough. To rule this mighty universe yet small enough to live within my heart. So, when God had it in his mind to create man and give him, a, give him a free spirit and then be grieved by the way that man went, continually pulling away from God, Continually grieving, provoking. He also had it in his plan that there's going to be a way that we can overcome this as sinful human beings. As Isaiah sees himself, he says, he's a man of unclean lips. He says, this is what I am. And it seems like everybody around me is about the same. That's putting it in my own words. We needed a Savior, badly. The Savior came into this world in this story we're reading. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I guess I think of these shepherds 
Jesus didn't come into the world and speak at, at some general assembly of the UN or anything like that. He came into this world in a humble way, very quiet way. And yet, I remember, I should, I should have got a copy of it because we have it around someplace, but there's a, there's a, a write-up of speaking of Jesus and it says that of all the kingdoms that ever reigned in this world and all the, all the armies that ever fought and all the governments that ever sat and, and I can't, I can't do justice to it by trying to remember what it said, but all these things and it says none of these things have affected mankind like this one solitary life. Speaking of the life of Jesus. So we have these, I'm going to call them humble shepherds. Not a very glorious job. Walking around at night trying to keep a bunch of sheep calm during the night. Probably wolves and bears. Bible doesn't speak of coyotes, but we have them here bothering these sheep. Shepherds are, are doing their job, spending another long night out there. All of a sudden, as I mentioned here the last time I spoke, I think it was about Zacharias doing his job, and all of a sudden an angel is standing beside him. These shepherds are out there with, out there with their flocks in, in what we come to know as the Judean hills. It says, as they're keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. We're not used to something like that. I've, I've spent very little time in my life working through the night, but I've worked a few times through the night, driving and plumbing and up all night with cattle and some things like that. But we would rather be sleeping in a nice, comfortable bed. What would happen if we all of a sudden had the glory of the Lord shining round about us? Shepherds are afraid. What in, the, what in the world is happening? They wouldn't have known about Joseph and Mary coming to Nazareth or Bethlehem. They wouldn't have known that the Son of God is, is to be born this evening is being born right now. The angel of the Lord says unto them, Fear not. This is what happens when we come in contact with the power of God. And we're, we're, we're only flesh and blood, I say. We fear. We have, we have that, we have that where, where it scares us. The power of God is so great. 
and so huge and so large and so, so beautiful that fear comes upon us. The angel says to them, Fear not. Behold, I bring to you great good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. We might wonder, why, why didn't he come in, in a little more pomp and splendor instead of being born in a manger? And why didn't he come to more important people than these shepherds that are out there spending the night with their flocks of sheep? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's the song that they sang. Luther, great reformer, felt that at this point the skies would have literally been, excuse me, I, I can hardly talk sometimes, literally been filled with angels praising God. For the unbeliever, they won't understand. For the believer, this is prophecy fulfilled. The old-time prophet said this was, this was going to happen. The old-time prophet spoke of a Savior coming, as I read there in Isaiah. There's one angel speaking to these shepherds at the, at the one point, and all of a sudden it says... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Countless angels coming down to this earth, praising God, showing these shepherds, this, this is God. This is our Savior coming into this world. And what did they sing? What did they praise God saying? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Man turns away from God. Man goes into his own thing and there's wars and there's trouble. As we see in the Middle East today, very bad trouble. And we pray for the Israelites, Israel people, that they would come to know the living God. And that the whole world would see this glory. I believe it's going to be that way one day. I don't know when. I don't know if this will lead up to it. But I believe it's going to happen. It's prophesied. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. How, how could we ask for a better thing for any of us to say or to praise God with those, those words and that thought? And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us 
Now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. So it's just a, I don't know the time frame, but it seems like it was just a short time that between the time the angel, the single angel comes and speaks to the shepherd, and then this multitude of angels, innumerable company of angels is praising God. And the skies are filled with this. Could any of us even take that to see that? It seems like you would you would just fall on your knees and and be praising God with them. This this Jesus that was talked about seven hundred years ago by the prophets is now here. Here he is. He is God come down to man. As we read there in, in, in uh, Matthew, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He has come down here to be with us. So all of a sudden they're left alone with their flocks again. But they don't stay there. So let's go to Bethlehem and see for ourselves that which the angels have announced. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Luther <coughs> speaks so beautifully and, and, and I say poetically. He says, take the pages of this scripture, the, the actual physical pages of this scripture. And he saw that as being these swaddling clothes. And go from one page to the next, and that's the unwrapping of these clothes. And where do we, where do we, what, what do we find down in there? We find Jesus wrapped in these swaddling clothes. And pages of these scriptures. It said, they hurried into Bethlehem. They came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. That's, that's what they were told to look for. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying that was, which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It's a, it's a major thing for a woman to have a child. It's maybe easier for some than others, but it's, it's still a major thing. So Mary had had this little baby boy, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, and then they had visitors. They had the shepherds come first to see what had taken place. Mary was quiet about these things. We see there, and I think Shane spoke on that. Last Sunday. Elizabeth speaking, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, Mary and Elizabeth 
salute each other or greet each other or say give 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 their hellos and greetings to each other's each other. It says, Lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. This is speaking of John the Baptist. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which are told them, her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. She barely finds out she has conceived seed. Maybe maybe a week or two. And, and then she goes to live with Elizabeth for for uh, three months, I believe it is. Her cousin, Mary, being a very young girl, and, and Elizabeth Elizabeth being an older woman. Mary says, "My soul doth magnify the Lord." She finds out. I, I guess I got to go back to that too, where. Where it says how how she came to be with child, she says. Well, there's there's lots to read there, but I'll start here. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. This is this is when it was first announced that she would soon be with child. In a few days, you will be with child. This is this is no ordinary child. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Well, all kingdoms come and they go in this world. This is going to be a kingdom that there is no end. He's going, to, he's going to be king of kings and lord of lords in this kingdom. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So, many years ago, Back in my plumbing days, I worked for about three days for this old bachelor fellow that had, had had no plumbing. So I put some plumbing in for him. And and we'd eat lunch together, and, and he had some other version of the scriptures. And I took, I took this version, I won't call it the Bible, because I took it and I just flipped it open like that, and I came to that verse. And we've been told that God would never allow his word to be desecrated where where it would lead someone astray. And that verse where it says, The power of the highest shall overshadow thee, and therefore thou also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. They made mincemeat out of that verse. I won't, I won't repeat it. I closed this Bible and I said, well, I just said to myself that it's, it's not a good version to be spending any time in. Those are some of the most beautiful words in Scripture. Matthew there. Mary keeps these things and ponders them in her heart. Then she has this baby boy. And the shepherds come. And they're praising God. And they told 
Mary and Joseph, what had happened out in the field. How the angels had come upon them like they did and sang praises to God. And this is the little boy we are looking for. This is the Son of God. There's a there's a song that's out and it says there's a number of different verses, but it says that Mary, did you know that your baby boy will someday walk on water? She wouldn't have known that. But one of the one of the things it says is did you know that when you kissed the face of your little boy you kissed the face of God. She's the only mother that had that happen to her or had that privilege. Beautiful, beautiful story. It says Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The way of salvation prophesied very very needful for each one of us personally it came to be as I read there in in the 10th chapter of Hebrews and that's speaking of Jesus coming again but this prophecy was fulfilled also that he would come and all those people in the Old Testament times told of these prophecies they were given faith to believe in these prophecies they were given faith to believe that this little baby boy would become a man and what did Jesus preach when he became a man when he began to preach he preached for people to repent and believe the gospel the gospel being that message of eternal salvation and the repentance and the remission of sins. That's the message. They heard through the prophecies, through the prophets, through the scribes, through all the believing people in their day. We believe that it has taken place and that he will come again one day. And we anticipate that. We wait for it. And Jesus says he'll come quickly. And I guess I, I think of, I'm no better than anyone else. It seems like it's taken quite a while. But when he says he'll come quickly, he means it. He'll come at the right time. And he'll come at a time when <clears throat> all those that will believe are believing. And there won't be any reason for this world to carry on any longer the harvest we read in revelations there where the angels thrust in the sickle and reap that's that's the end of this world we look forward to that great and glorious day the word speaks about that day when we will see him come again and gather his own unto himself. May these may these words ring in our 
our hearts and lives and our ears and become very much alive and real that it gives us meat and drink as Jesus tells the people that unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood you have no part in me we know that that's true and we know that we feed on this word and we drink of this word as, as he says to the woman at the well if you take of this water from Abraham's physical well you'll thirst again if you take of the water that I will give you and you will never thirst again your thirst will be quenched may we, may we just take these words to our heart and in this in this season, this Christmas season, that that as we see signs around that Jesus is the reason for the season. It's a, a kind of a catchy little saying, but it means so much. This is why the whole world sets aside a day to remember his birth. So many just plain celebrate and corrals around and do their own thing. We remember that this is the birth of our Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we close with the benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make His face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up His countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
think 